Hello, and welcome back to the Cyber Sisters Podcast, where your Cyber Sisters, Allison and Emily, two cyber educators talking about EdTech, pedagogy, and life. Welcome back, one and all. We are so excited to be back on the air. Um, this summer has been long, hot. Um, it certainly had uh, some ups, some downs, and we are excited to be back in our ed tech community, ready to get started with this school year. Um, this episode is going to be a, a pretty excellent one. We're going to sort of give a little bit of a recap of our summer, our summer goals, um, some changes coming up to the podcast, and also talk a little bit about our goals for this upcoming year and maybe give you a little bit of a preview on what you can expect uh, to find this season on the Cyber Sisters. But we are still in the middle of a pandemic. And so I think the first place we have to start is uh, with our introductions here. So Emily, how are you doing? How was your summer? Um, are you safe? Is everyone safe? Tell us a little bit about uh, your experiences this summer. Well, first, let me just say it's crazy that we just said we are still in the middle of a pandemic. Like, who would have thought that in March, we would be saying in August, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. I, I did not anticipate that this was going to become a normal part of our vamp up lead into episode. Um, I, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I, I think it's really important that we check in and, and remember sort of the human cost of the time that we're living in. But the fact that we have to do it at all, right, um, is certainly a little bit of a sad fact. So yeah, no, summer went well. We are uh, still safe and healthy. Um, unfortunately, I have had a couple um, close people to me professionally, let me say that too, who have had COVID and unfortunately one just passed away last week. So struggling with that a little bit. But personally, family and friends are also doing okay. But that that one this weekend hit me a little bit hard. It's, I think, especially hard as we get ready to go back to school. And I know that's something that we're all sort of dealing with, I, I think, as educators right now is the fact that everybody's in a little bit of flux, right? E even in the cyber world, where we, I think, had a lot of infrastructure really built out to sort of handle this kind of situation, even us, we're, we're dealing with a certain amount of uncertainty. That's an interesting way to phrase it, a certain amount of uncertainty. I think this is a good moment to say that we're thinking about all of you, that we're all in, in different places in this, but we are an education community and that we really are here to help and, and support however we can. We actually spoke with many of you over the summer, which was fantastic, you know, but just please know that, that we're, you know, we're going to get through this together um, and we're thinking about all of you and we're hoping, you know, that this podcast can provide a little levity, certainly in places, a little bit of a reminder of our practice. And sometimes it's nice to just be able to, you know, return to talking about, you know, pedagogy, to return to talking about um, sort of what makes really good teaching and, and what's exciting. And so I think this year, we're going to really try to strike that balance the best that we can. Um, and we've actually made a couple of changes to the format sort of to, to help support that. We'll talk about those a little bit uh, a little bit later. But Emily, were there any sort of good or, or positive things that happened this summer that you would like to report? That's what I was going to say. I was like, let's shift to happier things. <laughs> I read a lot this summer, but I actually made a conscious effort to read lots more for pleasure. So I read a lot of like good fiction books um, which was really nice to just spend some time reading, reading for me and like escapism that way. So that was nice. Didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> Didn't do any trips. <laughs> 
I did, I was able to see my family uh, finally in August for the first time since Christmas. Um, we did a social distancing visit. That was also nice. But yeah, lots of reading around the house and finishing up my internship, which I know we'll, we'll talk more about, but that's pretty much how I spent my summer. How about you? Well, I guess I should start with the first question. Um, I, I am doing fine. Um, all of my family members, as, as far as I know, are doing fine. Um, same thing with my friend groups. Um, for the most part, everyone is doing well, is feeling healthy and is taking, you know, precautions and taking everything really seriously. So I do, I do feel very lucky in that capacity. I'm also pretty lucky because I did get the opportunity a couple of times over the summer to to see um, some of, of the people who, you know, I really do care quite a bit for. I did also spend a lot of time um, in nature. I think that was really, really helpful. A lot of time hiking. Um, I got to do some kayaking. I got to do some things that were um, sort of distance activities that kind of got me out of the house, which was super necessary. I was not anticipating how much once school ended that I was going to be a little stir crazy. <laughs> <laughs> when I didn't have like my students to log on and talk with every day. So there, there is a lot to be thankful for, even though I think there is a lot happening during this time. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons that we changed a little bit about the format of the Cyber Sisters. We're not looking to um, change sort of the heart and soul of, of our podcast, right? We really do want this to be a peer coaching um, podcast, right? So Emily and I, just like last season, we are here to peer coach each other, right? Um, that we are here to support one another. And then we're also here to be mentored and, and coached um, by the guests that we brought on. We have seven guests this season. Pretty good ones, guys. I'm really excited. Um, we're going to have, just, just to give you like a little sneak preview of some of the stuff coming up, um, we have uh, some gamification stuff coming. We have experts in uh, student engagement, classroom culture, Culture, critical race conversations, using web conferencing software to connect students to the outside world. Um, we have uh, student portfolios, some really fantastic stuff. One of the biggest changes to the format of this show, though, is that we did record all of our interviews over the summer. Um, there were a couple of reasons why we chose to do that. One of the biggest ones is that there's just a lot of uncertainty in education right now. And so we wanted to make sure that we were kind of front loading anything that we asked for teachers. And this season, we have some people who are um, uh, not necessarily in the classroom right now, um, but are coaches or professors or um, people who are outside of um, the, the traditional you know, K-12 classroom, which we are so excited for because these are amazing experts in their field. But we wanted to make sure that that was kind of off their plate before they began the school year in earnest. Additionally, and I think Emily, you can maybe speak to this a little bit. I think there were times on the podcast last year where we felt like we were trying to shoehorn in something into just 30 days when really what we were trying to try was something that needed more time. Did you sort of also feel that way? Yeah. And also I think another thing for us, because when we started the podcast last year, we kind of cooked up this idea in August and we're like, let's do it. And then we, because we we're doing it for our project, like we had to run it through the approvals and be like, Hey, can we do this? And we got approval. So we were kind of like, I don't want to say making it up as we go, but we kind of were making it up as we went. I was going to say we were making it up as we go. <laughs> so we would like come up with an idea for a person, reach out, they'd say yes. And then we'd have to do it in that month. And even if it was something that was doable in a month, 
it wasn't necessarily something that fit what we were doing in that month. So by pre-recording it over the summer, that now lets us do some like longer term planning of like, okay, I have we have this idea that we talked about. Now, where can I fit it over the course of my curriculum as to where it naturally fits, as opposed to trying to make a round peg fit in a square hole, which sometimes things felt a little forced last year. It will allow us to have more authentic, more of an authentic try to then have more authentic reflection conversations. And potentially like more rounds of a try. I mean, I'm really looking back to the the gamification episode that we had with Becky, for example, last year. And I think that I was at a little bit of an advantage with that episode because I had done gamified units before. And this was the first time that you were trying it. I think we might have had, you know, some different outcomes if maybe you had been able to try that one, not potentially like in that unit, um, but like done multiple tries of something, right? I I think it's going to give us the opportunity. It'll still hold us accountable to doing the thing, which is a piece of peer coaching, right? Like if there was no time pressure to this, if there was no deadline to what we were doing, I'm not sure that this project, the way that we sort of have it developed would, would really work. But I also think that giving ourselves a little bit of freedom to plan a little bit more is helpful, especially because this is a year where I don't know about you, Em, but I'm feeling very conscious of my pedagogy and very conscious of mistakes as I get ready, because I know that there is a certain amount of just sort of collective trauma that our students are um, experiencing. And I just want to be like as on point as possible. You know what I mean? I don't want to, to throw them things having not thought about all of the implications, like as far reaching as I can possibly go. Not, not that we didn't plan last year, guys, there, there was, you know, lots and lots of conversation that Emily and I had between episodes. Um, But I do think that we were sometimes like a little more harried than either of us would have preferred to be. So I think this is going to be a little more compassionate uh, to, to us um, and a little more responsive to what this year actually is. Yes, I totally agree. And for me too, and we'll talk more about this in a little bit too. I am, I'm getting a brand new curriculum this year. For me, being able to have that flexibility of as I am figuring out a new curriculum, where things fit, um, having that flexibility will be helpful because I think there are there's going to be a lot of figuring things out as I go in all capacities this year. I am really excited for your new curriculum though because I actually think you're going to be like amazing at teaching this and like your your lack of confidence around this change is like so frustrating to me but in like a good way because I'm like no Emily you're going to be great at this so do you want to actually tell our listeners like what you're teaching next year really quickly and then we'll we'll talk about the details later but like what are you teaching yeah so I up until this year our seventh grade curriculum was ancient world history so we went prehistory to basically the Middle Ages all around the world. Um, And now we are switching to civics and economics. Um, And I will tell you, I feel a lot more confident about the civics part than I do the economics part. (laughs) We do civics first. So that gives me longer time to figure out the economics part. (laughs) Um, Because at least I, I have a basic understanding of our government. But I was... I was in a conversation with one of the curriculum coordinators for our school the other day, 
And I said, because we were talking about like what um, prior knowledge we could assume our students had. And I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure we could assume anything because (laughs) there are times when I was teaching the ancient Greek democracy and the Roman Republic that our students definitely have some misconceptions about government in general. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I, it's going to be interesting to me, but like the, it's just, it's a general anxiety. But I, I think that being able to have those discussions about when everything is suddenly new or you're having to look at this a new way or or through a new lens what do you do right and how can you deal not just with that stuff in terms of like actual practicality but in terms of like the feelings right like the feelings are are as much a part of teaching so I actually think this is going to be um I I know you're nervous about it and like I girl I am here to support you in every which way but I I also just I know that you're going to be really good at teaching government um and I I think that this is going to be like a really awesome one for you So we think that that was the right decision for this particular school year um, and for the guests that we had on coming on this year. But we also have a couple of small changes coming up to our reflection episodes. So we wanted to kind of split the way that we were working on our episodes. Another thing that was true last year is that we were working about a month ahead on our reflection episodes. And I think that that became a little bit of a problem once again, as we were kind of dealing with you know, the year's events, right? As we were seeing, um, you know, the pandemic shaping up and protesting starting, um, it was hard for us to really address things synchronously because we weren't necessarily recording in the same month that that particular episode was released. So in allowing ourselves the freedom to pre-record our work with our guests this season, we are also going to be recording our reflection episodes synchronously. Um, And so that will help us to kind of talk about the situation as it changes and as it develops in a way that kind of feels authentic to our experience and hopefully to yours as well. Also, we have a fun sort of surprise that we're adding on. We're still going to have the the same format for our reflection episodes before. We'll talk a little bit about what we tried and how it went, our successes and fail forwards. But at the end of each of those episodes, we have decided to do some listener questions. We're going to try to answer like one, two, like maybe three, uh, probably one or two at the end of each of our reflection episodes. So feel free to hit us up on Twitter if there are questions. We'll be putting out calls for questions throughout the year to sort of rake in a bunch of them and and go through them as we feel appropriate. Um, But I'm actually really excited for that part of the episode. I think it will be nice to kind of have a little more of a grab bag of, you know, a little bit talking about one topic and then also some other little tidbits or interesting things that will kind of keep the episode fun and light and a little bit segmented. So I think without further ado, we're ready to sort of get this season started. Um, At the end of last year, we set a couple of goals for ourselves and sort of talked a little bit about uh, stuff that we were looking forward to over the summer. Um, So Emily, for you, how was your summer in terms of um, teaching the summer goals that you set for yourself? Um, Well, I did not meet any of the goals I set for myself. I don't know. (laughs) It happens that way sometimes. Yeah. Well, and some of that was because I was working on my internship. So I think I mentioned this in the summer episode. I can't remember. Um, so I uh, I finished up my instructional technology specialist certification, um, which is a mouthful. So I was doing an internship and I did it at Agora and it was great. I learned a ton. I did so much with it. It was great. But I... Like I knew cognitively that it was going to be 140 hours and I was going to do all of these things, but 
I also didn't really comprehend that, like, how many hours that actually was. Like, 140 really was. Yeah. Um, so it was way, I don't even want to say it was way more time than I expected because I knew the time, but it just, it was a lot more time than I expected. Um, I don't regret it for a minute. Like it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like I loved everything. I was in so many meetings and saw so many like different aspects. You feel like you have like a better appreciation for, like what, I don't know, like the behind the scenes of tech integration for having done it? Yeah. And I don't even want to say like the behind the scenes, like there was definitely some behind the scenes, but just like programs that I didn't know that we had and like how things work together. And like, I got the opportunity to work with Nearpod a little bit and like get quotes from them for like seeing that process of like how it works to like work with a vendor. Um, and which obviously like I do, I'm a Nearpod pioneer, like I do stuff with them all the time, but I'd never done like that aspect of it. Um, and I presented to the admin team on Nearpod and just, I mean, how many times have I presented to our staff on Nearpod? I, I do it all the time. Literally like dozens and dozens of times. So like, it wasn't hard for me to throw the presentation together, but they were like, we had no idea that Nearpod did all this. So just like interactions like that um, was really interesting. So I'm doing some, um, I worked with one of the professional development coaches doing stuff around Seesaw. So we're rolling some of that out to staff when we get back. So I've been doing some stuff with Seesaw. I made a library, a whole library of videos around Nearpod for staff so they're like they're short so and they're really targeted videos so that way when somebody has a problem or isn't sure how to do something in your pod they can just watch those so I'm really excited for that because usually it was just everybody was emailing me or I am me and being like how do I search a library and how do I how do I find a lesson in Nearpod and here you go here's this three minute video about how to search um so I'm really excited about that. I think that'll be a good resource too. And you also got to do some advocating for a resource that we're excited about um, and we're going to be doing some some piloting with. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, I'm super excited. So we, I this, it like the internship just keeps going. Um, so we, our school is shifting slowly <laughs> from Google to Microsoft. We were kind of in like, a gray area for a while. Um, so this year, uh, I believe, let me say I believe, um, our students will have Microsoft 360 email accounts, which is really exciting because for a while, they kind of had 360 account, Microsoft 365 accounts, but they weren't in ours. So this year, they are going to be in our Microsoft 365 accounts. And we got approval and when i say we i mean literally we as in allison and i um, to pilot class notebook with them so i am really excited like alice and i have been talking often about we could try this and we could try this and think of all the cross 
curricular collaboration we can do. This is another important thing to note about this year is that Emily and I are back on the same team, which we are so excited about because I, I really think that the year that my students did best in English class, they had you as a history teacher because we were so in sync. Guys, Emily is everything you could ever want in a social studies instructor because we literally will talk about what are you doing in ELA and how can that format be the same? Or are there standards in, you know, maybe this nonfiction or research or something that like you're not able to hit as head and like it really it's a great relationship. Um, and so I think the opportunity for us to be able to pilot this together is going to be really fun. So that's one of the journeys that you all will sort of be on with us this year is us sort of exploring Microsoft, which is um, something that I have very little experience with. And I'm actually a little bit nervous about getting rid of my Google system of doom. Like it took me so many years to build and perfect. And now I'm like, you know, dropping it for this other cool new program, <laughs> but it is really cool and it does a lot of things and I'm hoping it will save me some time. I was just going to say, think about how much time you're going to save. <laughs> just so much time. You have no idea, guys. I mean, I wanted that functionality. And when it comes to functionality, like I am happy to just throw time at a problem as a teacher. Um, but it, realistically, some of those numbers were getting egregious. So I, I think this is going to be a lot easier. Um, but trying new things is trying new things. Um, and I, I think if there's anything that you're going to see um, as we're talking about what's coming up in, in these episodes, I know I have a lot on my plate, even though my curriculum is not changing, right? Emily's has, I, I think, sort of the most changes everyone here. Um, there are some big changes that I'm looking to make to my classroom as well. But so Emily, you talked about your internship a little bit. We're going to be doing our pilot program for Microsoft, um, which we are so excited for and, and using Class Notebook in particular. I just think it's such a powerful tool. Um, we do have one of our guests actually coming on this uh, this season is a person who uses Class Notebook and is a expert in Class Notebook. So that will be like a whole episode. So I don't think we're completely skipping over sort of the logistics of that. That's, that's an ongoing situation. Um, but uh, what other things, I know there were a couple of other uh, big ones in terms of your, your teaching um, this summer that you wanted to add a little update on. Um, let's see, I did, I also went to KTI this summer. Um, and it was virtual this year. Um, it was amazing. Like I went to so many sessions. I presented a couple of sessions at it, but I went to so many sessions, um, went to an amazing seesaw session. I've been doing a lot of stuff with Nearpod. Um, in fact, if you are someone who is watching or watching this, listening to this on the date that it is released the next day, which is Wednesday, the 26th, I am actually moderating my first ever Twitter chat. So fingers crossed that this works and is not a fail forward because I've never <laughs> had a Twitter chat before. Um, so it is the Nearpod chat. That's the hashtag, hashtag Nearpod chat um, on Wednesday, the 26th at eight. So our uh, topic is building a classroom culture in any learning environment. Um, which is what one of my sessions was for KTI, was building an online classroom community. Actually kind of a perfect segue because I'm also moderating my very first Twitter chat this week, and I'm so excited for it. Um, so as you guys know, I'm a part of a group called Gamify Ed, um, and we're a group of educators that are uh, committed to like gamification practices and game-based learning in the classroom. Um, I have some really fun game-based stuff hopefully coming up 
this year. Um, and we, we do have a, once again, a gamification expert also coming on once again of this, this season as well. Um, but Gamify Ed is hosting a uh, book chat or a book study um, in conjunction with PAECT. Um, you can absolutely join um, the uh, book study, even if you are not a PAECT member, or even if you are not in the state of Pennsylvania, we welcome everyone. Um, uh, basically, we are having a uh, the Twitter chats about our book. Our book is um, Reality is Broken um, by Jay McGonigal, and we are absolutely loving it. We're still right at the beginning. Um, by the time this episode airs, we're only going to be one chapter in. So if you're looking to join, our live Twitter chats take place on Thursday um, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we also have a Slack channel that we run sort of during the week so that if for some reason, like you weren't able to come to the live chat, um, or if you're just kind of like game nerds like we are, um, and you want to keep talking about particular things, especially as uh, as the chats get more intense, um, you're welcome to join our uh, Slack family um, and kind of talk about games in a more 24-7 fashion, which is how we prefer it. Um, I'm really excited because this book is not specific to education. Um, it really is about games. Literally, the tag of this book is Reality is Broken, Why Games Make Us Better, and How They Can Change the World. So I think that this is kind of a great book for right now. Um, I'm really excited. My fellow Gamify Ed group um, and I are have really been having a blast, I think, over the summer, keeping in touch um, and having something to talk about that was not um, just, just doom and gloom, right? I think having something that you can sort of do that's fun um, to take control, to still think about how we're making our classroom um, lively, motivating, engaging spaces, um, creative spaces are, are things that are absolutely worth our time. Um, otherwise, during the summer, I also did do quite a lot of reading. Um, I planned to reread um, Kelly Gallagher's Write Like This and Deeper Reading, um, both of which were excellent and set me on a little bit of a tangent in terms of my reading. And I ended up focusing on a book called Mechanically Inclined, written by Jeff Anderson. Um, and it's uh, building grammar usage and style in writers' workshops. And these books, I think, really in conjunction with a lot of the other work that I had been doing last year around student engagement and student-centered learning and a bunch of these things, I have some big changes that I kind of want to make in terms of what my classroom looks like, but one of the biggest ones has to do with writing. So I feel like this is a really good time to be moving to a new writing format using Class Notebook rather than my Google System of Doom, as sad as I am to say goodbye. I'm hoping that this will be an opportunity for me to make some other changes in terms of how I give um, feedback to my students. Um, I do still think that I want to try some work with video feedback, but I have like a different format that I want to try for it. Um, and one of the biggest changes um, that I'm looking forward to making is with um, writing workshop days. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think all of those books really were super excellent. Um, one of the things that I had planned initially to do was to spend some time um, with Marsha Kish and the three phases of blended learning. I did try to look through a lot of her work um, and a lot of what I found was really good and was really interesting. A, a lot of it is based around sort of a progression of learning that basically talks about how, how to teach students to do things in an independent inquiry based kind of way. Um, I think that she is a fantastic resource if you are looking for some, if you're in a school that is about to go blended learning um, or even someone who is moving to remote education, 
she's a great resource. I don't know that I took as much away from her just because this is something that I've been doing for so long, right? Like a lot of a lot of the phases were things that I had kind of through trial and error sort of figured out. Um, and it was very confirming to, to read her work, but I, I don't know that I really had like huge takeaways um, that really are gonna sort of change the way that I teach. But she is one that I recommend um, if you are moving in into this uh, into this space and you're sort of interested in what does it look like to get a student from I'm sitting in a seat waiting for the teacher to give me instructions and to start the learning process to a student functioning in a more independent capacity, right? There's some really great, really actionable steps there. Um, and that's actually something that I, I think were, was true of all of the reading that I did this summer. Um, Kelly Gallagher and also Jeff Anderson both did a really fantastic job of giving me really fantastic resources. And this time around, I made these little like cards of um, different activities because I think I, I have this problem with my grocery list every week too. I like go to make a grocery list and I immediately forget everything that I know how to cook, even though I'm a very good cook. Um, and I feel like the same thing sometimes happens with lesson planning too. You like go to sit down and you're like, I need a really good analysis strategy. So I think having something to use that I can just pull up to help jog my memory is going to be really helpful moving into this year. I really like that idea. Right? Cards. Yeah. I just, I feel like it was something that I, a lot of times I've done things based on, you know, my, my team of teachers will sort of work together to create certain kinds of activities, but, but sometimes you just need something um, quick, or maybe I'm the one who's taking the lead on building a particular unit. Um, and it, it was nice to just have like a list of strategies, like ready to go. So we'll, we'll see if this strategy works for me during my lesson planning, but I, I know that there's going to be some big changes um, to the technical end of my teaching. So I wanted to make sure that my pedagogy had, you know, a, a little more built in, a little more ready to go. So I think that'll be really helpful. In terms of getting ready for the school year though, um, I actually think this is maybe a, a good opportunity for me to talk about sort of what is coming up if you're okay with that, I'm just sort of me jumping in. Yep. Excellent. Um, so the the big couple of changes that I'm looking to make are that I'm going to be using Actively Learn um, from the start of the year. As you guys remember, we did a, a beta test with that last year, it was one of our triads and we adored it. Um, I adored it and I am definitely going to be using it now. It is still the free account. Um, it is not the paid version, but I still think that the free version has a ton of functionality. Um, and I'm really excited to get students reading in real time. Um, a lot of the things that Holly talked about last season, if you haven't listened to her episode, please, please, please go ahead and take a look. I think her uh, episode is more relevant than ever, really talking about equity and reading um, hit home for me. I had been a teacher who was moving in the direction of giving more and more homework. And I really spent some time with, you know, some of the things that she said about homework and equity and did some research on my own. And I, I really think that this year, um, you know, if you didn't finish something in class, some extra time to, to finish that up. Absolutely. Um, but when it comes to reading, um, I don't want to ask too much of my students this year. The only the only place where it may have to happen is during our novel unit, just because of sort, sort of the crunch time that we have. Um, but otherwise, I want the kids reading while I am there to coach and actively learn is the only tool that I know that is going to really get them to do that. What's more, um, I am excited to get them annotating. I really did not use the full functionality of actively learn when it comes to like 
your ability to highlight things and use different colors um, and sort of actually get them annotating the texts. And what I'm trying to do right now is put together like an annotation style. I'm doing some research into different kinds of annotation. Um, so that I have something that I can have them using over the course of the year, things for them to look for to, um, and I may end up having to do sort of one for fiction and one for nonfiction, um, but I'm really excited to get them interacting with those texts. And I think it's gonna be really, really game changing. In uh, Kelly Gallagher's book, he talks about there being drafts to reading. So first draft reading and second draft reading. Um, and that students sort of naturally understand, right? That they are supposed to have multiple drafts of writing in order to get the best final product, but that we have to teach that same skill to our students. And so I'm really excited, hopefully, to be able to teach in that way, where we'll read a first draft, the students will annotate, and then we'll have a, another set of lessons that are associated with the second draft reading, where we're going back to individual places, pulling things out maybe that they highlighted, um, and doing a sort of more targeted analysis. Um, I do think that that means I may get through less stories, and I'm just kind of comfortable with that. Um, there's going to be a little bit of time that I'm playing with, but I think that it's well worth it to hopefully get deeper rather than wider in terms of my reading instruction. I also previewed a little bit the big thing um, with writers workshop days. Um, I really have struggled, I think, in the last couple of years with grammar. Um, I think it's just one of those things <laughs> that like is tough to teach. And it's really tough to teach because every student comes in with such like drastically different abilities. Like every year I have students who are like stringing together multiple clause sentences and students who are like cannot even form like a single sentence. And I was really struggling because I, I would have these units, uh, basically all of our uh, reading units were kind of set up the same way. There was like a reading section and then um, like a skills section that included like vocabulary skills and also grammar. And then like a writing section where they did a writing project. And this year, my goal is to let go of the grammar unit and instead have a like mini writing workshop um, probably on Fridays, I'm still determining exactly which day of the week is, is the right choice, but I, I'm thinking Fridays, um, and basically use that as an opportunity to focus on student writing. And some of those days are going to be committed to grammar instruction and skill drill and, and things like that. But in some of them, I also want them to be thinking about style and word choice and just giving myself more days to really talk about the craft of writing, um, for them to see examples of writing, to be thinking about writing. And then as our students are going through doing that writing sort of during the week, there are things that I can hearken hearken back to, remember this, remember this, um, or something maybe that I can pull that they wrote um, during sort of that week, maybe about, um, uh, you know, in doing their critical analysis of what they read. And now we can pull it into writer's workshop and, you know, think about it from a writing perspective. So I just think the flexibility of having one day a week really just devoted to that. And then we'll still have our writing projects um, and we'll still have some sort of skills based uh, parts of the unit, but I'm, I'm excited to sort of pull that through um, and create that thread. And I'm hoping that it will allow students to build skills in a little bit more of a natural way and for me to be able to move a little bit more on their pace, right? We don't have to move on to the next skill um, if 
we struggled with last Fridays, right? We can, I can look at that data. I have a lot of time to look at that data and say, what do I see here? What do they need next? And to be really responsive um, sort of moving forward. And I guess if I had a, um, like a goal for this year, I'm thinking of words like adaptive and agile and responsive, right? Like those are the kinds of words that like I'm thinking about for this year that I want to be a little bit lighter, I think than I have in my instruction in the past. I am the kind of teacher that can be like a little bit of like a control freak sometimes in terms of like I have set a progression um, for what this is going to look like. And I, I want to let go a little bit the reins this year and let my students lead me um, where where I'm sort of guiding, right? Like I, I want to be really taking that coach role as much as possible. So your goals are so lofty. I feel like my goal is literally just like make it through the year. <laughs> but here's the thing: you you're in a totally different boat, right? Like I'm changing pedagogy, but like I've taught these stories year after year after year. Like I have taught that research project year after year after year, right? These that part isn't new. So like I can have lofty pedagogy goals right now. You are dealing with something completely different, but I know that you already have ideas for it. So do you want to talk about like your experience of like getting ready for a new curriculum? Any of the thoughts about things you might want to try in this year coming up? Yeah. So I do have some ideas. Um, my, my goal literally is like, keep like, keep ahead of the kids. Um, <laughs> cause I do need to figure out, um, and what, uh, what we're discovering is that, um, to really should not be a surprise, but yet it is, um, the, the lessons that are in our online LMS don't exactly match up with the textbook. So we need to figure that out too, of course. Um, <laughs> so we have that, um, but so because I'm teaching civics, like I want to branch out and get some like guest speakers in, like I would love to see if we could get in um, like some representatives from Harrisburg or senators or maybe even U.S. representatives. Um, Ooh. But I don't know, like that's my goal. I don't know, like obviously with it online, like they can just log in. So it doesn't matter where they are, but um, I also know they're like busy people. But what an amazing thing to be teaching civics and to give students the opportunity to actually ask someone, like, how do you, how do you become a politician or what is it to be a politician? Because I do think that that is a place where many students and like maybe even like many adults, um, you know, there, there are huge questions about what that process right. looks like. And you never know, this could be the thing that inspires some next great leader that could be sitting in your class right now. So <laughs> no, and I also want to do, um, and obviously it's an election year. So like, I would love to do like, figure out how to do a mock election or something, but that's easy. I'm sure we'll be able to figure that one out. Um, oh yeah. I do also want to work in some current events. So I'm hoping to like build some sort of thing where the student, cause I remember doing this, I think in my gov class, um, we had to find like a current events article and then do something with it. Yes. So, and again, pulling in, cause I know Alice and I already said before that, like, now that we're on the same team, we can, so pull in like whatever she's doing in English class for that month 
and maybe one month they have to summarize the article because if she's working on summarization and then the next month maybe she's working on um text features so I love how well you know my curriculum. <laughs> what are the text features in your current events article? And maybe the next month she's working on themes. So what's the theme of your current events article um, to be able to pull that in? And they can pick any any current event that they want. Um, so that will hopefully bring in some buy-in for the kids because if they care about saving the gorillas and there was an article about saving the gorillas and or if they care about the, I don't know, coal miner strike, they can pick that. Um, I tried to pick two very different things. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that idea. I just need to like flesh it all out. Um, and I also want to tie that idea into making sure that they understand how to pick a news article that is um, a reliable source and not fake news. <laughs> That's huge. So I I still need to flesh all of that out. But that's I'm I'm excited for that idea. I just need to to get it all out somehow and put it in a nice neat little package for the kids. <laughs> exactly. I, I think that's gonna be really awesome though. I think um I, I've watched you teach ancient history for many, many years now. And I think that while there's so much amazing stuff in ancient history. Like it's a fun subject to teach. I also think that this is information that like our kids really need. And I think 12, 13 is that age where they're starting to question things, right? Like they're questioning like themselves, right? Like who are they in the world and finding their place in the world. And they're also learning to understand their world better and with more nuance. And so I think this is a really great age for you to be talking about. Um, so what what does it mean to become a political candidate? How do those people get on the ballot, right? Um, what does our election process look like? Um, why does it take so long for a bill to become law, right? And I think that this is a really great place for um, our students to be investigating. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity for things that they're learning with you to be supported in um, sort of ELA, right? Like I think the, the cross-curricular stuff is gonna be huge. And I think that there's even room for like, if they're writing things in your class, like, you know, can you share some of those things with me and can we go over them in writer's workshop, right? Like I think there's some really great potential um, for them to see that these skills of critical thinking, of critical reasoning, of, um, writing and expressing yourself and challenging your ideas or supporting your ideas are things that don't just exist in one box and in one class, right? There is nothing that frustrates me as an ELA educator more than when I hear someone say, well, they didn't write like that for in my class, right? And I'm like, oh, then I have failed as an educator, right? Um, because that transfer of skill to somewhere else just like didn't happen. Um, and I, I think that there's a lot of really great and really awesome room here. So I, I think if I'm looking forward to anything about this year, it's just the fact that we're going to be back on the same team. Together. I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say too, before I, I go back to that, like the number of times that I do something with the kids that's writing directed and I hear, but this is an English class. <laughs> but you still write like you you write in other places than English class like 
we we still read things it's just like you you read and write in other classes other than english class um but yeah no i am so excited that like we can do so i mean we could have done so many cross-curricular things with ancient history too but just the fact that we're back together and like we we can do so many cross-curricular things like the kids are gonna have no idea what class they're in half the time i know <laughs> well exactly i'm i'm excited to see if maybe there are some days when we can even do some kind of like have people like i have so many thoughts and so many ideas i really like as you guys can tell um i really like cross-curricular stuff i haven't been able to indulge this um in a little while so i'm, I'm excited for us to have that opportunity we do not have any cross-curricular experts coming in though on the podcast this season and maybe next year maybe next year we'll, we'll look for that um but i i do think that this is going to be a really good season um obviously we have had the benefit of listening to all of the interviews so like i'm going to tell you they are all top notch, every single one of them. Um, there is not a, a dud among them. I think Emily and I learned a lot. We were challenged. We laughed. We cried. It was it was wonderful. Um, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear them too. And I I am both excited and nervous and all of the things that you're supposed to be when you're starting a new school year and you're challenging yourself um, to sort of be the best that, that you can. Um, do you have, Emily, like a, a, a goal for yourself sort of for this year, the same way I'm like lighter, faster, adaptive, I will coalesce this into like an actual word at some point. <laughs> um, I'm so focused on like, figuring out the next day right now <laughs> maybe like one day at a time that could be a good one for you probably I'm, I'm really focused on like trying not because I know I have a tendency to be like I want to do all the things and then I want to do all the things really well for the kids so I'm really trying hard this year to to not do all the things which sounds kind of counterintuitive but I don't want to get so bogged down in doing all the things when I am also trying to figure out a new curriculum. Ooh, can I suggest a new word for you then? Sure. I think it's boundaries. I feel like that that's a hard one for you. I know you, we've met. Um, <laughs> but I think that, because like, once again, I also know you have met. I have seen you work some late nights <laughs> and produce some beautiful lessons. Um, but I think as many of our guests actually said this season, you're going to hear that in our, our post wrap up question. Um, this is a job that will take everything if you let it. Um, and I think that all of us have to be prepared for to have a priority list. And, and, and maybe maybe that's a better and, and easier way to phrase it is to say that we need to have priorities this year, right? Like there's the top stuff and that's really important that that gets done. But then there's things that like, if they fall by the wayside, that needs to be okay this year, even in my situation, right? Where I'm going to be teaching the same curriculum that I've taught for many years, this is still a new situation and a new year. And the most important thing that I can be is adaptive to my students' needs and what, what they need, right? Um, we can make up time in terms of their ability as readers and writers, but we can't take away right a whole year of their life during a really unprecedented situation and i i think that that has to be kind of front and foremost i, I think also has to be on our mind too as educators right educators I, I think as as educators we have 
always had, I think, the weight of our community kind of on our shoulders, right, in, in many ways, right? Schools do so much more than just provide um, an education, right? They provide safety and uh, materials and necessities that, that families need. Um, they, they provide a lot to our communities. And I think that we have to make sure that we're filling back up our cup that we're really giving to ourselves this year. Um, I actually, oh, this is this a, a fun little little story um, <laughs> was that I got I got interviewed by um, uh, a media outlet recently. Um, this will come up at some point, and I'm, I'm sure that I will post it on Twitter when when it comes out um, about mindfulness during the pandemic. Um, last year, I think I mentioned that I went to a training that was all specifically about um, mindfulness for educators that were working in Title One schools and. I really took a lot away from that. And like, I am firmly intending to continue my mindfulness practice this year, right? Which includes, you know, setting an intention for my day, um, setting boundaries, compassionate boundaries in my day, really trying to active listen, doing at least one minute of meditation a day. Um, and like, all of that sounds very fluff when I kind of say it like that, but these are things that are important for me to make sure that when I'm on and when I'm with my kids, I'm able to give my best, right? And part of giving my best means being able to pick times when I can recharge and, and refuel. Um, so I think that's going to be something that's important and a challenge for you, Missy, this year. <laughs> <laughs> because once again, we've met. Um, and I, I think that this is a perhaps maybe I think we have to look at it as an opportunity, right? For us to kind of level up in terms of how, like, get better because we gave more to ourselves, get better because we um, were able to give ourselves the rest that we really needed to continue pushing on, right? And so that means that if it's not a perfect year of, of teaching where every single pedagogical box gets checked, right? That's, that's okay, right? Were you there for your kids? Did you try your best? Um, you know, have you, you know, gotten them, you know, through another day? That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yes, I will. I will try. I'm sure we will, we will have many moments where we will pivot back to this conversation. I have no doubt about that. I'm really, I'm excited for, for the story of this year. I, I think that um, I really feel the support of, of an education family. Um, it was wonderful to get to speak with so many of you over the summer, um, both those of you who are guests and, and those of you who were listeners. Um, and, you know, each of us really is a part of this story in an important way. Um, and we, we have our each other's backs, right? And so I, I think I would feel a lot more nervous about this situation if I didn't feel like I had such an amazing group of educators who were all here to sort of get through this together and to, as our uh, saying, our sort of now famous saying, I guess, at, at the end of each episode so that we can be, so we can keep trying hard together. So <laughs> I, I think that's a, a good place for us to leave uh, this off um, for our very first episode. I am so excited um, that we're going to be uh, back sort of in earnest. Our next episode will be coming out on September 8th, featuring John Meehan and his QR break-ins. Um, these are an excellent way to get started with the school year, and that's how we're going to be using them, is right at the beginning of the school year as a way to do uh, introductions to our students and to sort of do like an orientation, but like a gamified one. So I think that's going to be really excellent. I know I've been trying to build mine out. 
Emily and I have been talking about building that for you know the last couple of days, um, and it's looking absolutely fantastic. John provided us some materials as well, so I think it's going to be uh, really successful, and we're excited to share it with you. So thank you for joining us on this episode of the Cyber Sisters podcast. Please keep in touch with us in the meantime. Until our next episode, we are on Twitter at, at Allison K Teaches and at Sattler Cyber. Remember, if you have questions, go ahead, please tag us in them, DM us, however it is that you would like to get a hold of us. Um, we would love to answer them as this year is going on. We do always appreciate keeping that conversation going. Please like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, keep chatting.